I'm joined here today by Lisa Bolton with the Dandelion Project and Michelle Pepin with Picking Up the Pieces. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Yes. So first, I would love to hear from both of you about what Picking Up the Pieces is and as well as the Dandelion Project. Picking Up the Pieces is an organization I started a few years ago after my son Ian passed in 2018. He passed away from fentanyl poisoning. Um... After he passed away, I started going to a few community meetings about addiction and everything, sat in on some NA meetings, and was surprised it was happening in the community. I wasn't aware of it. Decided to get involved, took on a volunteer position at Freedom Counseling, and I went from there. I started getting into the community, volunteering more, started my 501, and we work with substance use, also harm reduction, grief. There's a lot of things that encompass it. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, we've got a huge problem that our community needs to be aware of. It's been sugar-coated, you know, for the past year. It's really coming out in the community, and we just need to address some things. Mm-hmm. I have I've been trying to incorporate a lot of things with picking up the pieces so I've been trying to get involved with different organizations and I've known Lisa for a while so her project is pretty important too um, if you want to talk about your project mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, mine is the Dandelion Project we are trying to get it uh 501 also. Um, I named it the Dandelion Project because when I, my daughter was Carrie. She passed away when she was 26 years old from heroin laced with fentanyl and carfentanil. And like Michelle, I was oblivious. I mean, I, I went through the battle and the struggle with her for the five years, but I was oblivious to the facts and how prevalent and, and what, a, what a crisis this is. Um, Carrie died up in New Jersey in January of 2019 She was one of 3,000 people that died in New Jersey alone. So that's just one state. That's not even, you know, the recent numbers or any of the other states. Uh, When Carrie would come out of um, rehab, she liked to doodle and she liked to write. She was a very gifted writer and artist, and she had drawn a dandelion. And we, she and I were going to actually do um, a nonprofit ourselves because I lost my firstborn in 1989 to a stillbirth. And she shared that with me, and I became a stillbirth doula, and I started the you know support group. And I somebody had said you should name what you want to do the dandelion project because like the seeds of a dandelion spread, you want to spread all this love that you have. And she sent me the picture at like three o'clock in the morning. I wanted to kill her because I was like, it's three a.m. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Um, and but then I called her and I said, did I tell you what I wanted to name this? And she said no. And I said the dandelion project. So it started with her and we were going to do that. And, you know, that her dandelion, her drawing actually became my logo. We uh, we put it on a big canvas and we auctioned it off at all the different events. The moms come and put fingerprint hearts on it. And, it, you know, I've made little ones now that are from the kids that are involved with this, um, at, with their story. Of course, I leave their name. I just put their, you know, boy, age, whatever, um, because my project is more along the lines of helping. I'm also a grief and trauma counselor now too but my my thing is the grandparents that are raising the kids 
because there's so many of them Mm -hmm. and it's not fair. I even have some great grandparents that are raising their kids, their great grandchildren and the kids that are left behind, whether their parents are incarcerated or whether their parents have passed away or whether they're in active addiction. These kids are suffering so much trauma. And I have teachers. I'm a child care director for almost 40 years now. But these kids come in and the teachers are constantly like, oh, they're misbehaving. They're not misbehaving. You don't understand, you know, and I will share what the teachers need to know. But then I will, uh, you know, I will counsel and and try and find activities and things so the teachers can tone that down. So for the Dandelion Project, it's more about the counseling and the grief. And I want to get a program for educators. But I, Michelle and I have also teamed up so that we can raise awareness because there's power in numbers. Yeah. Definitely. And something that you both have experienced firsthand. I mean, you can't really. We have a third friend, Mary Beth, who runs the From Project and Mm -hmm. she's in Davenport. Um, So she she's usually in on these things with us, too. Yeah. And it might be hard to find a straightforward answer. But where is the fentanyl coming from? Who is lacing (laughs) drugs with this? What why is that happening? The open borders are not helping that. That's a huge problem. Um, those borders should have been closed like it, like it was planned. And yes, of course, you know, people have said to me, well, even if they're closed, it's still going to come in. Yes, it's still going to come in. They're going to find a way around under, Mm -hmm. over, you know, alongside an opening, whatever, but it's going to slow it down. I agree with Lisa. Um, but there's still a way of doing it on the dark web. I remember Mm -hmm. a few years ago overhearing a conversation at a coffee shop with apparently they were drug dealers asking whose address they could use to send it to. Um, things are very threat at arm's length for people. You know, you have to know how to do it. And another thing that we're dealing with is groups like Snapchat. TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yes. In Snapchat, they have the emojis and parents need to understand what these emojis mean. Like codes, kind yes. of. Yes. Yeah. And for that's how they're getting their... The pages. fentanyl, the heroin, there's a there's an emoji Pills. for everything. Mm-hmm. Our, our biggest thing, we just put up some billboards. And it raises awareness. We've had so many, so many calls on mothers that want to add their loved ones mm-hmm. to the billboards. And it's good. And we've got some parents that, well, why is it just fentanyl? Right now, fentanyl is in everything. We're going to be putting up other billboards with other messages on there. But right now, the fentanyl is the most important thing because anything that is out on the street today is laced. laced. I work out in the streets. And another thing that is important is the fentanyl test strips, the legalization of them. People have a right to know. You can't force somebody into recovery. I work with that population. They're only going to recover if they want to recover. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can fight the fight with them, but in the end, it's their war that they have to win. Mm-hmm. And if we give them the opportunity to be able to test their drugs to decide, and there's a big fallacy out there that people are looking for fentanyl. My population is, they're petrified of it, along with xylazine that's out there. We're the horse capital of the world. Xylazine is pre- prevalent, and the infections that we're seeing it's horrible. Um, but it's about education, and that's what our fight is. We want to educate people. It's hard for us 
to get into the schools. Mm-hmm. And there's a bill right now that's sitting in the House that has not made it to the Senate. We went to a task force meeting last week, and these bills were all outlined in front of us. And the only one that hasn't made it to the Senate is the one about the, the education in the schools. That's the one yeah. that needs to get there. Yeah. And I understand with the stigma, and I understand that, you know, you want to shield everybody. But, like, and I'm not putting the D.A.R.E. project da- or the D.A.R.E. program down. Mm-hmm. Both my children went through the D.A.R.E. Pro- so program. So did I, yeah. Okay, and my daughter is gone. Um, she she was raised by parents that would have given her everything in the world by a brother who she was so close to. Her brother actually found her the night that she overdosed. And she had told me like a week before that, if anything ever happens to me, but it's not good, Mom, but if anything ever happens to me, please make sure he knows that I didn't want to leave him. Um, and I, I didn't mean for him to have to suffer like this. So if he ever hears this, I hope he hears that message because he hasn't heard that message yet. Um, and it's been four years. But we, uh, I, I've said to people in the police department and in the, that run the D.A.R.E. programs, we are your best resource. You can do your curriculum, but we can give you five to ten mothers that can go into an auditorium filled with parents. And I can look at the parents, and I've said it. I'm from New Jersey, so I'm as blunt as they come. And <laughs> if you don't like it, tough <laughs> is basically my <laughs> attitude. But I've said to them, you know, how many of you say not my child? And, and everybody raises their hand. I'm like, well, I used to say that too. And now I look at an urn every single night because I said not my child. And I said she was going to overcome this. And I said, you know, all these factors that she was raised with. And it's important for parents to know you've done nothing wrong. It's not on you. It's not your fault. The first time they use is a choice, yes. But then after that, it alters their brain and it becomes the disease that they can't that most of them can't win. Um, and our, our children were two of them. The state of Florida programs for harm reduction, which would be syringe exchange programs, they don't like to use that terminology because it scares people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marion County, it is not legal yet, but we're working on it. it it's important. We keep, we do testing for HIV. We do testing for hepatitis. If they test positive, we have resources where they can be treated at no cost. We meet them where they're at in their addiction. And we'll pick them up and take them. That's right. And we show them something that they haven't seen in a while, and that's love, respect, no judgment. It's a sickness, like Lisa says. And until more people understand that. The same with alcohol. You know, the first time it is an actual choice. But after that, your brain gets rewired, it's haywire, your body craves it, and they panic. And it's hard. With fentanyl out there, it's more potent, more dangerous. And our fentanyl's even worse, and then the the other one. Yes, and Ian, my son, it was fentanyl, carfentanyl, and acrofentanyl. And how much more of a drug cocktail can you get? And it wasn't by his choice. Um, but we just need to understand these things, the stigma. And I think our community needs to embrace these people that are going through this. They're good people. Personally, myself, I have dealt with airline pilots. I have dealt with attorneys, doctors, going through it. And some people would be really shocked you know, would you want somebody that's high on heroin flying your plane? But it's happened. And it's not just the stigma and the denial, but it's also, you know, and you, 
as a parent, you get to the point where you're like, and I get it. I, I never did this with my daughter, and Michelle never did it with her son, but you get, there's parents that throw up their hands and be like, I give up, they're on their own, I don't care what happens to them, they can live on the street, and that is the last thing you should do. And we never, we're not telling you to enable them or give them money or do anything like that, but you can't turn your back on them either. They are your children, and you need to fight for them. You know, I say to my, my parents for my younger kids, you're their best advocate. That never changes. The minute you become a parent, you are your child's advocate. Mm-hmm. I don't care how old they are. And when you give up on them, then what reason do they have to stop or what reason do they have to seek out help or to call us? And so we offer that, you know, there's like she said, there's no judgment. We welcome you with open arms. We will help you. We will hold your hand through this process. Just don't give up. We're not going to give up on you. Don't give up on yourself. I answer my phone 24 hours a day. So do Mm -hmm. I. And I tell people, if you have a question, I don't care what time it is, call me. If you've got a child that's using and you're frustrated, call me. We've we've been through there. We we know what you're going through. If I know somebody that's in active addiction and they really don't want to use, they just want somebody to lean on, call me. I'll walk you through it. And it's important. And we have events in the community, and it would be really nice to see more people attend. Mm-hmm. And it's just for knowledge. Come out. Talk to Lisa. Talk to me. There's a lot of other people in the community that are doing it and learn something. Do you guys have any events coming up? Okay. For the for the commu- uh, for Ocala, we have the Recovery Fest that's coming up September 9th. We're just starting to plan it. Overdose it's be Awareness awesome. Day. Yes. At the square? Yes. Um, August 31st, Overdose Awareness Day on the square. And we'll be putting flyers out and we'll be advertising for it. And some other things will probably probably be... We're hoping to set up, we're talking to somebody right now, we're hoping to have a benefit concert in the beginning of August. Um, August 4th would be Ian's birthday. August 14th is would have been Carrie's birthday. So we're hoping to get the, um, the benefit concert together for that. Um, and we're hoping for like Bereaved, Mo- Bereaved Mother's Day in May, we can do a butterfly release. We just had Black Balloon Day in mm-hmm. March. And we took the rocks, we had, had the moms give us their names, and we filled out their names on the rocks, and we placed them under the second billboard. And then we're hoping to get some benches throughout downtown. Yeah. Where are the billboards located right now, just for anyone listening so okay. they can look out for them? Right now it's on Southwest 200, oh no, I'm sorry, State Road 200 and Southwest College, where Gateway Plaza is. That will be there until August 4th. and oh, April. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> April okay. 4th. And then we're planning on another billboard. And at this time, we don't know when it will be, but we'll make an announcement. Yeah. Okay. And if the benches, if we can get the benches going, we'll make that announcement as well. Yeah. And what, I mean, it sounds like this is just, you guys have taken on this challenge for so many people and have lost so much. I mean, losing a child, I can't even imagine. Um, what keeps you going? keeps you motivated and they do yeah our kids do ian and carrie keep us motivated um as everything we do is for them it's not about us it's not about our legacies it's about ian and carrie's legacies um this is what they would want from us i know carrie wanted to work with harm reduction she would have been great with michelle um so we're going to just carry on their message you know they're on banners for an organization called can you see me now there's 150 faces on each banner. I think they're at number 33, but not that long ago, 
the person that does that organization took all those banners to the wall in Arizona. And so our kids were hanging on the wall in Arizona and they're making a difference. When you ride down the road and you see them, these kids on the billboard, they're making a difference, you know. And um, other countries, I know Ian's been to Italy, he's been to Paris. <laughs> so it's important. We do billboards also. Um, I mean, banners and billboards. So if parents or anybody would like their loved one, they would just contact me or Lisa, and we'll make sure that they're on either one, you know, so they can make a difference. And not only for our kids, but we want to be there for parents. As Lisa said, we've been there. We'll walk with them, and it's to honor their children too. Yeah, And that helps with the healing. That, that helps. Um, it gives you a reason to get out of bed in the morning because, you know, a lot of times I'll say, okay, Carrie, so what are we up to today? And, you know, and I'm sure Michelle does that with Ian and when we were doing the rocks, um, they say that cardinals are a sign of visitors. So we were filling out the rocks, and there was a male and a female cardinal mm -hmm. that hovered the entire time. And, you know, it just brought tears to our eyes because we know that they are always with us, and they are guiding us. And that helps our healing. It helps our heart because we're still keeping them alive. A lot of people don't know how to deal with a bereaved parent. Um, and that's a mother or a father. They, you know, even family members, aunts, uncles, grandparents, they, they don't know what to say. And so they stop talking. And it's like your child didn't exist. Well, my child existed. She lived on the face of this earth for 26 years. And she will live on the face of this earth until the day they put me in the ground. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's my healing. And it's why I get up every morning. And I think I speak for both of us with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And what I'm also doing is other agent, other groups have called, contacted me from Louisiana, from Kensington Square in Pennsylvania, which is very heartbreaking. Um, we work together. I send them supplies. We go on TikTok, and we hold each other up. We talk about each other's groups, and it's a good support system. With the banners and the billboards, what we want the message to be is, these are our kids. These are beautiful faces who didn't have the opportunity to do what they wanted to in life. And people have an idea of what drug users look like in their head, but in reality, they're perfect people, perfect faces. And it doesn't discriminate oh. race, sex, um, your income, a, one, a single family home, a, a dual family home. It doesn't discriminate. Um, I know Carrie so much more than her addiction. She was a 4.0 college graduate. She had a BA in forensic psychology. She was a gifted writer. She was a gifted artist. She was just beautiful. She was my entire world. And I did a, I met with a bunch of teens and spent like an hour and a half talking to them about it. And at the end, when I said, who can tell me what an addict looks like? And they described a homeless person on the street corner. And I thought, oh my God, an hour and a half. And I held up Carrie's picture which was her college graduation. And I said, this is my daughter, Carrie. She suffered from SUD, you know, and she died from it. And, you know, their mouths dropped. And again, you know, hour and a half. <laughs> but it's, it's the CEO. It's the store owner. It's the airline pilot, like she said. It's the um, sports player. It's the doctor, the nurse, the teacher, the parent who was overwhelmed or the parent that or somebody that got hurt and started, you know, with prescription opioids and couldn't get it anymore. I have a very dear friend up north whose son was taking uh, Xanax for depression and they wouldn't give it to him anymore. 
so he bought it on the street. He's over. He's overdosed two or three times now because it's been laced because he bought it on the street. So it's it's a lot. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have any statistics off the top of your head, but just maybe to give people a perspective on. Um, most of our listeners are North Central Florida. Is there anything specific to this area that could maybe just give people an idea of how big this issue is? Anything like that? What was it, eight a day? Eight a day. Um, I can tell you that what I collect and use syringes on a weekly basis is probably over 4,500 on a weekly basis. And that's just going into certain areas, homeless camps. And we go into parks, pick it up on the street, wherever it is. We're seeing more xylazine, also called Trank. It's a horse tranquilizer, or it's, it's used for horses that are being euthanized or surgery. You don't need a prescription for it. So, like I said, we're the horse capital of the world, so it's very prevalent. By no means is it anybody's fault. No veterinarian, anything like that. We're not blaming anybody, but it's easy access for people. We're seeing a lot of fentanyl in, like Lisa said, everything on the street, even in marijuana, unless you're going to a dispensary. And kids are experimenting. This is the fear we have. You know, on the weekend, kids hang out together and somebody gets marijuana from somebody. You don't know what's in it. Mm-hmm. Um, kids that play sports don't get prescriptions for pills from their doctors. But somebody says, hey, I know you're going through some pain. I know where I can get something for you. And that's the problem. Um, with the numbers, I really don't have it offhand. We just had a meeting last week. Mm-hmm. And... I know it's a lot. Um, well, we have to over 100,000 a year. Yeah. 100,000 a year. What they say is one every three minutes, mm-hmm. somebody wow. dies. Wow. What can people do in their everyday lives to help? Is there someone in Tallahassee that they can reach out to and get that bill passed that you talked about? Our it's, representatives, the yeah. House, the Senate, we, you know, we, we want to try and get up there ourselves. Mm-hmm. But write your senators, write your representatives, tell them the importance of getting these bills passed. You know, we have to have the test strips. We have to get into the schools. If you give me a football stadium, again, I'm from New Jersey, so I don't even need the mic. You give me, <laughs> give me a football stadium full of parents, and I'll give you five to ten parents that will go up there, and we'll tell our stories, and we'll talk to you about our kids, and we'll tell you what you can do. We'll hand out Narcan, um, and we'll do whatever it takes. Educate on what to look for with your kids. You know, some parents, I know I was the Kool-Aid house for when my kids were growing up. Everybody was at our house. We knew what they were doing. But my daughter got in a cheerleading, and things changed. We lived in Wesley Chapel, and parents, they were professionals, doctors, attorneys. So instead of spending time with their kids, they'd hand them a card and say, here, Go buy something for lunch. Go shopping with your friends. That's not what they were doing with those cards. Uh, It changed my daughter's life. She's been in recovery for eight years. Thank God she's here. But her baby brother isn't. And it's just spending time with your kids. 
know where you, they are, know what they're doing. You can be your kid's best friend. You can be a parent too, but be their best friend so they can come and talk to you. Don't push them away. It's important that you know what's going on in their life. Going to high school these days is rough. They face things. Middle Shootings, school. suicide, all of that. You're right with middle school and everything. But be an open door policy. Let your kids talk to you about anything. Even if it's something that you cringe when they talk about it, be a sounding board for them. They have to know that you're supporting them. Because if you don't support them, who's going to? They'll find it someplace else and it's not in a good way. Is there anything else that you guys want to touch on that I haven't asked? And it could be anything about what we've talked about at all. Donations. I don't, well, we don't get any funding. Everything we do is out of pocket. Mm -hmm. Or people might donate $20 here, $10 there. Donations are really important to us. You can contact Picking Up the Pieces, 2020 at gmail.com. You can call. My phone number is 352 816-3793. You can contact me at always and forever my child at gmail.com. My number is 973-271-8986. We also have um, a donation of a couple of backpacks that we would like to fill to bring out to the um, camps or somebody that we see that we think needs them. Yeah. We also have a GoFundMe under picking up the pieces. And you can always reach out to us on Facebook. And we love to meet new people, and we love to meet parents. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story and being so vulnerable. And um, I am a college student, so this stuff is very prevalent where I am in Gainesville, so I know how important this is. My friends and I talk about it a lot. Um, but thank you so much for sharing. And I will be talking to a lot of my friends about this when I get home. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Just thank you so much. Also, can I mention one more thing? Yeah. If anybody needs Narcan, you don't have to pay for it. Please reach out to me, and I can give you all the Narcan that you need. Uh, okay. My school is in Lake County, so I am in Marion Lake and Sumner all the time. So if you are in another county and you think that, oh, I can only get it in Marion, that's not true. We'll find a way to get it to you if we have to mail it or we have to meet you. So we're throughout Central Florida. We're not just Marion County. Well, thank you so much. That thank was you. Great.